Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. This Week in the State Line is on the air. I'm Steve Summers. Today we start off with Belvedere Mayor Mike Chamberlain, who we haven't talked to in a while. We thought we would reach out and get an update on how Belvedere is faring through everything so far. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Morning, Steve. I'm doing fine. Glad to have you here. So last time we talked to the Mayor of Belvedere, we were just coming up with a vaccine concept, and now we actually have the vaccine. How has distribution of that in Belvedere been going for you? Well, it has. It was hit or miss at first because we weren't really sure when we were going to get vaccine and how much we were going to get. All of that has evened out, and so we have been uh, very happy that we are receiving vaccine every week. And so we have a number of different outlets, uh, the Keen Age Center, um, the high school, the fire station in Poplar Grove, where we have been able to get vaccine in the arms of an awful lot of people. As of last week, this time, we were 20th on the list of 102 counties in our success in in distributing vaccine, which I think is tremendous. Uh, And it's an ongoing effort. We've had a lot of help from volunteers in the community from all walks of life that have uh, shown up to help uh, the, the folks that are coming to get vaccinated go through the process because it's it's a process. Sure. But our positivity rate is down to a very acceptable rate now. We're seeing fewer cases. And uh, we have, since the last time I talked to you, unfortunately, we, we had one more death. And like most places, the folks that we lose are, are for the most part, uh, an overwhelming majority are folks that are in nursing home situations or are elderly, elderly people with other issues. And, and one death is too many. But, um, you know, it's we're working our way as a nation and as a state and as a city through this uh, complicated mess that was created, and Belvedere's doing right fine. Are Belvedere school systems back in classroom, or are they still virtual learning? Um, they're going back in, and they still have a choice. Okay. Okay. Uh, People can elect not to be in person, but the majority of, of the, uh, the schools are accepting people uh, in person. I don't have the data on that, Steve, about exactly what the percentages are. Uh, I know that in Poplar Grove, uh, my daughter teaches kindergarten up there, and she is back in with her kids as of uh, Monday with everybody in this this Monday. And uh, right. so... You know, I think people are understanding that it works at school. It may not be perfect, but the kids need to have that ability to be with other kids. And it puts an extraordinary stress on working parents who have tried to cope with kids at home. Um, A typical Bellator family might have mom and dad that both work uh, at the Chrysler plant or in the automotive industry, and somebody has to not go to work uh, to be home with a child to make sure that they get signed on to their uh, Chromebook and, uh, and are actually progressing. And the data that has been shared with me is that working with the kids at home is not anywhere nearly as successful in them learning as them being in school. So I think as we go forward, you're going to see kids back in school, and I think that that's good for everybody. 
talking to Belvedere Mayor Mike Chamberlain about uh, everything going on in this crazy world so far. And there's some wonderful pictures on the city's website of you handing out checks to business people. Uh, That is such a feel-good picture section. Uh, Can you describe those grants that you were handing out or uh, taking they were grants? Uh, Those Cures grants uh, were an allotment uh, that we got from the state government that um, we initially got $350,000, and we had 60 applications, and we were able to help 40 different businesses. And because we were very successful in using the money that we were sent, we actually got another 15000 so we were able to help three more businesses. And uh, they were in varying amounts, <clears throat> excuse me, from $25,000 down to 1000 or $2,000, and there were a lot of very small businesses here, uh, nail shops, uh, hairdressers, small uh, individual uh, mom-and-pop businesses that were just so gratified that they, that they could get a check and it would help. And I think it saved a whole number of our very small businesses here. Uh, some of the restaurants who had virtually gone out of business were able to get back on the map with a, a fairly significant grant. So uh, it, it's, it was a wonderful feeling. Uh, our finance director, Becky Tobin, and I went around and handed out the checks. And as you saw by the pictures, the smiles, I mean, those smiles make my day every time I look at them. <laughs> they are very big smiles for sure. So what's the latest uh, issues that the city council, the city administration is working on? Something that, uh, that you're very proud of and you're working on and you, you hope to see come to perifer- to uh, reality here real soon? Well, we have been working on a number of agendas, of course. First, the budget, which we have to get passed by May 1st, and hopefully we will get that done. Um, we have been working with the health department and multiple entities in the community. We received a $600,000 what's called COSAP grant to combat uh, opioid abuse okay. through the health department. And it was a very lively discussion, but the council approved that a few weeks ago. And one of the caveats, the COSEP grant provides funding to take a seasoned police officer to act along with the health department as they work with folks with opioid issues. And it has proved very successful in a number of other communities because sometimes those are touchy situations when you're called to a house to intervene in uh, a domestic issue or an issue with someone who is uh, overdosed on uh, or has a problem uh, with opioids. And so part of the grant portion of that provided for that officer. The grant itself was provided. We came to council with um, a replacement request for a entry-level officer at a lower salary to replace the seasoned officer that will be the COSAP officer and the council decided to table that until after the election. And the unfortunate part of that is that may threaten some of the process of the grant itself in terms and may have to, the grant may need to be adjusted. So uh, I, I really didn't understand why, why they did that. Uh, initially, a, a year ago, the, the council approved $10,000, which was our contribution as well as other Uh, governments in Boone County to uh, get this grant, and we went out and got the grant, and I think everybody will agree that the opioid problem has become a huge problem, 
and that we were moving forward to uh, get it solved. Uh, I was a little disappointed that people wanted to put it off until the results of the election were known, because regardless of who's the mayor, this this is something that's good for the people. Absolutely. Uh, Belvedere Chrysler plant was in the news recently about different shifts and things like that. Are you in communication with the uh, the plant, and how are things progressing for getting employees back? Well, they are looking at, they're, they're, we have some challenges in the auto industry right now, and they, they just got a little more complicated this week. Uh, the inability to get the uh, chips that run everything, the computers and the cars, mm-hmm has been a, a problem. Um, there's been uh, a manufacturing slowdown in those, and we get those from overseas. And I think it was in Tuesday's uh, Wall Street Journal, there was a, a chip factory in uh, Japan burned down. So that exacerbates that. That's one of the reasons they've been running uh, different shifts. So, you know, we're in contact. There's a new manager at the plant. And uh, they came to City Hall, and, and good people. And so they're trying to deal with what they have to deal with in terms of the availability to go ahead with the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with the the uh, new partnership with Peugeot and now being called Stellantis as the company, they're going through some growing pains, which I think are terrific. And uh, I think we will continue to move forward with everything that, that is uh, F- Chrysler, FCA, Stellantis. Um, I was fortunate enough uh, with my relationship with the UAW and all of the cap unions, uh, I was very proud to, to share with you that I got an endorsement from them for the work that we've all done together uh, to forward the auto industry in Boone County. So I, I think everything will iron itself out. It always does. Um, it employs way too many people for it to be something that isn't at the top of our list of working on. We have a a minute or two left here. We're talking to Belvedere Mayor Mike Chamberlain. So in the final time here, is there anything that you would like to express to the people as like to calm their nerves or to encourage them as we get into these final few, hopefully, quote unquote, months of COVID and beyond? Yes, we will continue to do what we have done. We will face COVID head on. We will continue to test. We will continue to vaccinate as many people as we have vaccine uh, available for. Um, We also are very concerned and will continue to make sure people do not uh, have a food uh, problem or a shelter problem. Uh, In fact, Monday, we will be giving away 1,250 lunches at the General Mills Park uh, to first come, first serve. Uh, So we have really exerted a lot of time an effort to making sure that we are not a food desert or a shelter desert to any of our citizens. Once we get everybody vaccinated and everybody is housed and everybody is fed, uh, we will move on uh, and we running the background will continue to be our economic, economic development plan as we push the community forward to raise, to float the boats higher for everybody. Awesome. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Mike, and uh, we appreciate your time this morning and this week in the State Line. Thank you for the opportunity to visit with you, Steve. You have a terrific day. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound chihuahua-looking kind of mix. 
tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. 
Young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Well, good morning. Welcome to This Week in the State Line. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara is joining us. First of all, before we get going, happy belated birthday. Thank you, Steve, and thanks again for letting me be with you this week. How does it feel to be legal again? <laughs> that legal age. <laughs> uh, feels feels darn good. I will tell you, uh, my birthdays these days are not as uh, fun or late, or don't go as late into the evening. Uh, I go home now and get to see my three-year-old and five-year-old, and I will tell you, there's never been better birthdays than with a three- and five-year-old. Oh, and that truth. All right. So we have to get to some business because um, I don't know if I'm just more sensitive because we have these conversations about everything going on in our community. There's so much happening. So we'll try to break it down. Um, Police Chief Dan O'Shea announcing that by the end of 2021, he will be maybe stepping down after five years. Is that true or is that just uh, a ploy somebody asked me about to maybe get his contract extended? (laughs) Uh, so first, I, I think our chief has done a great job here in the city of Rockford. Uh, if you look since he's been here, he's reduced violent crime by about 15%. He's put us in a position to be in the 21st century with technology and resources for our officers. He's brought Rock House to our community. He's made our officers more engaged. He has uh, really changed the way that we address domestic violence calls for service, changed the way we address mental health calls for service, and has brought, again, that engagement to our processes, our training, and our policies with the community uh, more than we've ever seen before. So he's done a great job, uh, but this is not a ploy. And, you know, I would venture to guess uh, it'll be sooner than later. Uh, Since the day he came to our community, he said three to five years, uh, and we're at the tail end of that five years. And I think, you know, uh, Chief O'Shea, Dan, and his wife, Kat, uh, and his kids, they deserve some time uh, not to be in the spotlight. It's a really difficult job, often a thankless job. And so uh, he has a wonderful family, and he deserves uh, whatever he chooses to do when he chooses to do it. He's been very cordial. Anytime you run into him, he's always very uh, polite and remembers your name and just a real good addition to the city. But when you factor that in with losing our fire chief, a lot of people are wondering, what, what, where do we go from here? How's this process going to work to get not only a fire chief, but now a police chief? Yeah, so let me touch this on uh, in two areas. One, understand what makes both of these chiefs, Dan and Derek, really wonderful, is they have amazing leadership teams around them. Uh, both have absolutely all-stars around them that could step in and be chief, and we wouldn't miss a beat. So I don't want anyone to fear that. Uh, second, the process. We spent a lot of 2020 talking about how can citizens get more engaged in our public safety initiatives. Uh, Well, this is one area that the city of Rockford is by far and away uh, well advanced in. So the selection for the fire and the police chief positions are made by three citizens. Uh, And the three citizens, I'm happy to say, uh, since I've been mayor, reflect the great diversity of our community. And so the three citizens are wonderful people. One is Sam Schmidt, who uh, led, he was a city administrator at one point. He led our HR department. He's run Goodwill of Northern Illinois. So he's run a multi-million dollar uh, 
business, and he is uh, the current president of the Fire and Police Commission Board. He is joined on that board by Ingrid Hargrove, who is just an amazing woman who spent more than 40 years in HR at Swedish American, you know, a place that has thousands of employees. And it just received tremendous accolades uh, during her time at Swedish American and is just really uh, a strong asset to the Fire and Police Commission. And the third person is uh, Mr. Rudy Valdez, who uh, Rudy, uh, if you know Rockford, you know Rudy, he's been engaged uh, in meaningful and thoughtful boards uh, throughout our entire community. He's an engineer. He's worked on items with NASA. He is uh, now working for Caney Aerospace. Uh, he's a leader in our community, and he's a leader because he's compassionate, passionate, uh, and incredibly thoughtful and bright. So we have three amazing people who will be selecting uh, our next chiefs, and I can tell you that they will be a thoughtful and a meaningful process and also an engaging process that citizens will be able to play some form of a role in this process. But no, it's not uh, politicians. It's not uh, government bureaucrats. These are citizens who uh, have experience and will have the assistance of a professional search firm to walk them through and walk our community through these two important hiring decisions. So when they present the candidates to you for chiefs, do you yay or nay it, or you just say, okay, is it a done process at that point? So I don't select who they are. Um, I I have the opportunity to select who the Fire and Police Commissioners are, so I selected Sam, Ingrid, and Rudy, and then City Council had to approve those selections. So all of the aldermen had a say in that, as well as myself. Through this process, absolutely, I'll be talking to the fire and police commissioners. Uh, but I also, uh, you know, my leadership style may be a little bit different, but I put people, I think, who are a lot smarter than me uh, and people I trust in these in important boards and commissions. I'm not going to micromanage every single aspect of it. But yes, I will be involved. They'll definitely hear from me. I'll be attending their meetings. I'll be a incredibly engaged in this process, and if I have incredibly strong concerns one way or another, I'll certainly voice those concerns to them. Good to know, good to know. Good insight on that position and the other one as well. Uh, Also this week, Ingersoll broke ground on the world's largest telescope coming to Rockford. Still strange to say that when you think about the globe, but we will have the biggest telescope, and that just broke ground. Were you there for the groundbreaking, too? I was there for the groundbreaking, and what an exciting day. So think about that, Steve. We have the the world's fastest growing cargo airport. We have the world's largest telescope being built here, and they also built the world's largest uh, 3D printer over at Ingersoll. And, uh, you know, Rockford always has been, and we need to continue to be very proud of Ingersoll. Chip Story, the CEO over at Ingersoll, has just done an amazing job there, and he would tell you he's done an amazing job because he has a phenomenal employees. Uh, Rockfordians are innovative, they're hardworking, uh, and really good workers. And so that was really an exciting day. And to know that this telescope will end up in Chile uh, and will, you know, really provide us uh, so many insights of what's going on uh, out in space. So this has really uh, been an exciting week here in our community. Excellent. Also, big news, Amazon is going to be buying the old, uh, I call it the Bergner's distribution plant out of North Maine. That's great news for not only the airport, but for jobs. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I'll just correct one thing. They're not buying the facility. They are leasing it. Correct. We have the, the folks who own it is a great company called Phoenix Investors, who've been just doing an awesome job in our community, buying uh, manufacturing, older manufacturing, typically vacant buildings, and getting them filled. And this is really exciting. 140,000 square feet uh, is being leased by Amazon, which will bring 200 additional jobs to our community. So you talk about, uh, I'm so excited because we're not just going to be reopening as people say they want to do. We're going to be rebuilding uh, the city of Rockford, and we're going to do that with infrastructure. We'll do that with the fiber network. We're doing that with good quality jobs like these. Uh, I'm really excited about 2021, and we're off to a great start when you add up all the wins that we've already had in 2021. Such a great name to be working with, and centrally located in the Midwest. That's a great location. Absolutely. And then the fiber optic plan was approved by City Hall. You've got to be ecstatic. I know this has been a project you've been working on for a long time. We are really excited about this. Think about it. A quarter billion dollar investment in our community. It's just awesome. And that investment alone is great. But when you think about what that can do in our community. So one, uh, we believe it'll help us bridge uh, the digital divide that we've seen. and It's really been illuminated through COVID-19 as all of our young people are you know, signing up for e-learning. All of our citizens are many are being forced to work virtually. So we hope that you'll have a stronger signal, uh, a faster signal, and we will be putting a fiber optic network up and down every single residential road, up in front of every single business. And not only will this help bridge that digital divide, make things a little bit more competitive price-wise, but it'll also help us attract. Uh, more high-tech industry to our community. So we are really excited about this and uh, just can't wait for it to get going. So does its construction start immediately or do we have to start getting something in place first? No. So this is a, this was the first step of the process. It was a major first hurdle that we had to get through uh, is us signing the development agreement with a company called Sci-Fi. Now Sci-Fi is out there actively marketing that they have this agreement with the city of Rockford. They're funding that $250 billion uh, and then they will start construction. Truth be told, this is going to take some time. Uh, you think about all the work that needs to be done, the, the getting the funds in place and putting this down. You're talking, my guess would be between two and four years for it to be totally, totally completed. But I will say, as they go through your neighborhood, we're going to light your neighborhood up. So uh, what I mean by light that neighborhood up is uh, you'll have access to it. So you, if your neighborhood's first, uh, the first neighborhood done, you don't have to wait till the last one's done to have any benefit from this. So as we move through that process, my guess today is between two and four years will be 100% done. Uh, but in that between time, we'll have different neighborhoods uh, being lighted up. Excellent. We're talking with Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. And as we said, there's so much going on. That's all the positive news. One little bleep, I guess you would say, on the radar would be the COVID-19 numbers raising up a little bit. Are you concerned about that? And uh, what would you like to tell everyone? Yeah. So uh, I would just rephrase that and say it's more than a little bleep. Uh, I, I am I am deeply concerned with it. Uh okay. For a whole host of reasons. And I would just plead with Rock Fortians and your listeners, uh, take this seriously, guys. We we now have different tools in our toolbox than we did four, five, six months ago when we faced uh, this previously. We cannot afford a third wave in our community. Our businesses can't afford it. Our children can't afford it. Our citizens can't afford it. Our elderly can't afford it. No one can afford this right now. 
Uh, so there's certain tools that we have. Number one, just wash your hands, wear a face covering, practice some social distancing. Even if you've been vaccinated, wear a face covering, unless you're only with people who have been vaccinated. And please register to get vaccinated. It is so easy. It takes less than three minutes. You can go to WCHD.org and get registered. I know some people have been registered and they still haven't got their vaccine. I get that. Uh, but we are soon, in the next two, three weeks, we'll be getting more and more vaccine. And uh, funny enough, Steve, we'll be going, we'll have the reverse problem. Soon we'll have the reverse problem of we won't have, we'll have more vaccine than we'll have people who want it. So please get registered, get in that queue right now. It's critical. And I will tell you, uh, good news with this is, is that the uh, National Guard site on Sandy Hollow now uh, has increased from doing uh, where they started about 800 shots a day to now doing about 2,000 shots per day. We also stood up a second site on the west side of Rockford at New Zion Missionary Baptist Church. But all of these sites that we stand up are appointment only, and the only way to get an appointment is to get registered. So please, use some sense. We're not through this, but to get through this, uh, and we will get through this, there's certain things we can do. Again, wash the hands, wear a face covering, practice some social distancing, and just be smart. Well, that's just a great recap of where we've been and where we stand right now. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, wrap up with? Anything you're working on? Anything you'd like to uh, share or bring up? Well, there's tons of things we're working on. <laughs> I, I'm really excited. I, again, I can't say enough how excited I am about 2021. Uh, but I'll say there is some hesitancy just over the last two weeks about my excitement because I, I need citizens to refocus themselves, continue to be vigilant in this fight versus COVID-19. I mean, if we want the festivals this summer, if we want to be able to see concerts this summer, if we want to be able to continue to eat inside, if we want uh, to stop this uh, e-learning that has disadvantaged so many of our kids and their educational attainment throughout the year, we have to stay focused. Uh, And I promise if we stay focused, we will get through this. We are going to have an awesome 2021. Excellent. Always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. That's Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.